Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Well, good morning and welcome to Christmas time at Real Life Church. We are so excited to have you with us this season. Well, if you're at church online or right here at Kentucky Trail, we just want to invite you to get on your feet, put your hands together, and sing along. To you this day, a baby's born, he's Christ's Messiah, King and Lord. All the earth can now rejoice, the King is here, the King is here. have come, the angels sing, they follow the star, the three wise kings to come and bow, on bended knee, the king is here, the king is here, hey! Hey! hear good tidings of great joy, unto you a savior is born. the Lord, all have come to adore, to worship Him, our Savior, the King is here, the King is here, hey! Hey! hear good tidings of great joy, unto you a Savior is born. tidings of great joy unto you a savior is born glory to God in the highest glory to God in the highest peace Anticipation over 2,000 years is here with us. We get to praise Him, we get to worship Him this morning. Let's lift up our voices this morning as we sing. Sets our hearts ablaze. 
here. Lord, we worship you in this moment, in this time. Leaning into you, the God who is with us, and we praise you for all you've done. Because you were the word at the beginning, one with God, the Lord most high. You're hidden
Come on, Real Life Church. Let's give it up big for God this morning. You know, many have tried and all have failed because our God has no rival. Amen. Do you believe that this morning? Come on. You know, I, I don't know that we're going to sing every song at his feet in heaven, but I will be so, I will just be shocked if we don't sing that one for a few thousand years. Who's with me on that? Doesn't that sound good? Man, I tell you what, you guys sound great this morning. It's an honor to be here with you today as we kick off the Christmas season. Is anyone excited for Christmas? All righty. And hey, if you're grinching out there too, man, we love you just as much. It's okay. You can say bah humbug or something. It's all good. But hey, before we do anything else, I want to recognize an amazing group of people called Real Life Church Online. Let's give it up big for them today. Let them hear you. There it is. Hey, Real Life Church Online, I got something for you right now. I want you to get in those comments, and I want you to tell us what your favorite Christmas carol or favorite Christmas song is. And here in the room, feel free to get your phone out sometime this morning, see what they put, and add your own. Just a fun way for us to interact in person and online, because you know what? We're one church, amen? So cool. Hey, turn to somebody around you. Give a big smile. Show them those pearly whites. And if you're like me, those pearly kind of yellows. Whatever, <laughs> wherever you are, it's all good. And then have a seat. Then have a seat. Man, it's just an honor to be here with you guys today. And I want to extend an extra special greeting to anybody online or in person that's brand new with us today. If you are brand new, you are an honored and special guest. If you're online, I want you to click the link that you're seeing right now. And if you're in person, I'd like to invite you to get your phone out and text RLNEW to 97000. And when you do that, a member of our connection team would just love to reach out to you this week and let you know what we're all about here at Real Life Church, who we are, what we're doing, where we're going. And you know what, maybe beyond all that, we just wanna be asking, you know, how can we be praying for you this week? What do you need? We just wanna be there for you. So we'd love to get to meet you. Go ahead and text that number at any time during our gathering today. Hey, if you're brand new and you're in the room today, please don't leave here empty-handed. We have a small gift for you at our New Here booth. Just our way again of saying thanks for being here. You're our special guest today at Real Life Church. So Real Life Church, guys, you know, it's a church on a mission. And that mission goes far beyond what we see here on a Sunday morning, right? That mission kind of starts when we leave those doors and go out into our world. You see, we exist to see people far from God discover their real life and purpose in Jesus. Another way we like to say that, we're a church for the unchurched. You don't have to know anything, be a Bible scholar. You just got to come in here and be ready to let God speak to your heart. We got a couple really cool opportunities for you to be inviting people in your life. Uh, coming up here, of course, we got this Christmas season going on the 23rd or Christmas Eve Eve. That's going to be 6 o'clock. And the 24th, the real Christmas Eve at 4. So you're going to have plenty of time to do all those favorite, fun family traditions. And I won't say anything about the cookies and the milk in this gathering because I got a talking to from my wife in the first one. But I will say that uh, I will. what I told them, what I told them was dads, Leave some cookies and milk for Santa, but I was just going to say to my fellow dads out there, feel free to take one or two because you earned one king, you earned one king, but leave the rest for Santa. Tell how I got in trouble. <laughs> oh man, but seriously though, I love this time, I love this season. Thanks for being on mission with us, and if you're not currently, man, I just encourage you to pray about that and just see if God's calling you to plant some roots here at Real Life Church. We'd love to serve with you. 
Well, man, Christmas season's fun, right? And it's exciting. There's like, there's just something in the air, you know, for most of us. But, but then like the reality kind of sets in a little bit. Things get busy, right? You kind of feel pulled in different directions. There's like 20 different parties and gatherings you could be going to in about a 15-day span. And you're like, what do I do? Uh, here's my favorite, you know, there's a, there's a lot of month of December left after the money runs out, right? How does that work out every year? You know, it's like we could plan or something. I don't know. We never do. But uh, <laughs> tell it on us, babe. Sorry. But no, these are real things though, right? It's stressful. Here's the cool thing though. God's presence is never far away from us. We just get so caught up in the hustle and the bustle. So I'm going to invite you right now to get your Version app open, follow along in the notes. I'm going to invite you to lean in. I'm going to do one more invite. I'm going to invite you to shout Pastor Sean down because he's got some really encouraging words for us today, some really practical advice. Yeah, just let him hear you this morning. Uh, God's presence is around us. Let's get a new perspective on Christmas. All right, here's Santa's favorite elf, Pastor Sean Petrie. Come on, give it up. Thanks, Papa Elf. Appreciate that. Papa Drew. <laughs> name was John. It'd be better. Man, well, I'm sorry for all that, guys. That was fun. <laughs> Man, I'm blessed. Are you guys blessed today? Come on. We came out last series of generosity and just, man, incredible. I want to say thank you to each of you who have given so far for the heart for the house, man, to really accelerate the pace of really building hope and bringing hope through a hope center. And so far, you guys have given last few weeks over $18,000 to move that ball forward. So, man, give it up for yourselves. Come on, let them know. We love you. So it's, uh, it's incredible what God's doing through this. And if you don't know about the Hope Center, maybe you're new or just want to check it out, um, you can go to reallifehopecenter.com and learn all about what we're doing here in our city to bring hope. And uh, we're getting on the ground floor of this thing this week and uh, getting your hands dirty. I'm excited for this, maybe you know this term, demo day. Come on, somebody. It's coming this Saturday. You guys ready to have some fun? Chip, yeah, we get Chip Gaines in the house. That's right. I got my demo day hammer, legit. Went to Magnolia, picked it up. Um, some of you guys are going to bring bigger hammers I'm going to bring, hopefully. So, uh, But this Saturday, we're going to tear down the house and then get started to start moving forward. So, man, I'm really, really excited about it. And uh, we got a video coming up later, so I won't uh, steal all thunder, but just know, put that on your calendar if you can. Uh, but, man, who can believe it is 70 degrees outside? Come on, somebody, in December. Come on. There's a few people like summer. The rest of you must love winter. Cold hearts. The Grinches are in the house. Come on. Dude, I can't believe it. We got two more Sundays till Christmas. Um, that's scary. Uh, somebody said, you got Christmas stuff figured out? I'm like, oh, yeah. I've got nothing. I've been Hope Center and other things. So, uh, but, yeah, we're going to get there. So it's actually really good. And uh, I would encourage you, man, to be inviting your family, your friends, your neighbors, uh, coworkers, whoever. I mean, people go to Christmas that would never show up to church or follow God any other time of the year. And so we got two for you guys, uh, December 23rd, 24th, identical uh, gatherings. And I encourage you, man, be, be inviting, be praying. And uh, God always uses this. It's incredible how many people will show up uh, just because it's kind of like a tradition. And then God moves in their heart and changes them. So be inviting people out to this. Well, we're, job, we're dropping into a new series today. And uh, we've got uh, a four-week series leading up right into Christmas. And so speaking of Christmas, I need to know what, is, what words come to mind when you think of the word Christmas. What word comes to mind? Throw it out. What you guys got? You say Noel? Okay, you go to church too much. I'm just kidding. That's good. That's actually really good. That was Mason. He's thinking, buddy. So you have been to church. What else comes to mind? The feedback. What? Presence. There you go. That's the heart of a kid right there. That's what I need there, some presence, right? All your parents are thinking what? Shopping. Shopping. 
Money. Yeah, there you go. Cha-ching. Drew mentioned that earlier, right? In the season broke, right? Tis the season to be broke. Baby Jesus. <laughs> Come on, Rose. I love that. This is a good-looking crew back here. What? Tracy has one? Chaos. Hey, it's not chaos. It's organized chaos. All right, that's hashtag youth group right there. Just organized chaos. Should I give Phil the mic? No. Hey, hey, hey. Hold on. Ray Peck, this year. Let's put a let's put a banner up. All right, coach. There you go, coach. You're up. Put the banner up for Phil. He came in earlier and said, "Man, come here." I thought the whole chief team was coming at me, man. He's got an awesome shirt, but man, who thinks of Christmas movies? Come on, it's a Wonderful Life. Don't even mention the Christmas story. That's scary in itself. The Grinch. There you go. Miracle on 39th Street. Mr. Smith's National Pen. There you go. Christmas Vacation. Dude, the best Christmas movie of all time. Come on. Die Hard. There it is. Nice work. He wore a shirt last week. I won't mention what it said. So, and the second greatest Christmas movie of all time is what? Die Hard 2. Come on, somebody. You know it's true. And Elf is up there somewhere. But, uh, yeah. Man, good stuff, right? You, I mean, wh- hey, where's the people that think uh, words kind of mind like waste of money? Christmas, waste of money. Come on, put your hand there right now. Where's my, where's my Grinches? Come on. Be real. There they oh, are. Oh. This, yeah, your heart's two sides too small. Yeah, we all knew that about Barry. It's so true, right? The, the Grinches, also known as cheap people at school. <laughs> we love you guys. Oh, man, I love it. So, but, you know, oftentimes at Christmas we think about family, right? Uh, we think about memories, maybe our childhood memories. We, we think of time gone by. And so uh, we're going to go back to the original Christmas. We're going to deep dive from the perspective of what it looked like at that time. So we're doing a nostalgic Christmas, and leading into the series, we're going to lean in every week to a new perspective. And so today we're going to lean into the wise men perspective. And we'll look at Joseph and Mary next week, and then some other people that experienced Jesus before he was born and when he was born. And then very uniquely go into Christmas, which would be awesome, with the perspective of Jesus, his perspective of Christmas coming. When the fullness of time come, God sent forth his son. And so it's going to be really cool uh, just leading into this. So uh, this perspective today is going to be super powerful. I know God's going to use it and stir in you in so many different ways. But I'm going to tell you what, I'm ready to preach today. You guys ready to receive something? Come on, get there. We're going to get there today. I'm telling you, this message, it like builds slow, and then it just like drops, and it's going to be good. So just just hang in there. You're going to have a lot of fun. So this uh, key verse right here, here it is, theme verse, Matthew 1, 23. It says this, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us, that God's with us. This is the essence of Christmas. I mean, if we cut out the presents and the gifts and all the lights that Barry hates and the Christmas stuff that he doesn't want to decorate, all this stuff, and the busyness and the chaos and all the stuff, and we strip it down to what is Christmas, I mean, it's the presence of God with us. You know, some of us mentality that if we want to find God, we've got to get out there and search for him, and he's hiding from us, and he's like an enigma you can't quite figure out, and, and you've you got to measure up to find God. You've got to be good enough for him, and you've got to kind of search, and he's just out there somewhere. And that's just the reality for most people that God may not even exist, and if you could find him, you never really could find him. And all these perceptions of who God is, but reality is, is that God is searching for you today, amen? God's looking for us. And so the reality of Christmas is God is with us. Now, today's message is uh, inspired um, by a friend of mine. He's been coming to my life group this semester, and God's hands all over this guy. Matter of fact, I handed him a book a few weeks ago called The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer. And uh, he's been reading the book. He's like, I don't like reading a whole lot, but I-, I started reading this book, and this book started reading me. 
and he texted me right for a life group, and he, he said, this book is speaking to me in ways I can't even put into words. It was just incredible. So I said, well, you know, being a pastor, like, can you put those in the words for us, uh, life group in an hour or two, <laughs> right? Like, share what God's doing. And so Dan Bray over here in the front, he's not going to, he, he's going to be a humble guy over here, right? He's still a sinner. Come on, somebody. Um, <clears throat> but, Dan, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to stay out of that. Um, I love it. But, but Dan's heart, man, is just incredible. He's been showing up, and you just see what God's been doing. Like, God's presence is all over him, and I had to explain what he's seen in the book and what God's speaking to him, and he's just, just an awestruck because the presence of God is moving his life, and there's things being stripped off, and it's just really cool. So, man, Dan, thank you for the inspiration because there's something you're in a season where, like, I think we always long for as a Christian, like right there in with God. And so it's been cool to watch what God's been doing all throughout his life. And so today I'm going to dive into this first perspective, the perspective from the wise men. And so this perspective is a really unique perspective because nobody pursued Jesus harder or farther than the wise men. You think about the story of Jesus and all the things that happened. These wise men traveled all the way to get to Jesus. And so I want to tell you, they took extreme action to get to Jesus. And I don't know if you know about the wise men or the story of the wise men. Usually you see them in the manger scene. Come on, you're like, who are those weird people in the manger scene, right? And they could have read these 12 verses of the wise men. It's incredible. And these wise men, we always think there's three, right? That's how the story kind of goes, the gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and there's three gifts, and so there must be three wise men. But the reality is we don't know how many wise men there actually were. Like there could have been a handful, there could have been a whole army of wise men. We're not really sure how many came, but we do know they came from the east. And tradition says they most likely came from Persia or Arabia. They would have traveled all the way there based on the gifts. They would have traveled a 1,000 miles to get to Jesus. It's an incredible story of what it looks like to pursue the presence of God. Now, as I'm reading this story and learning about the wise men, it's on my heart, just thinking, like, what would our church look like? Like, what would my family look like? What would your life look like if we pursued God with that kind of passion? Like, if we were willing to pack up relationships and possessions and leave behind friendships and run and hike to Jesus. And how about you? But in this culture, it seems like that's kind of a dying thing. But the presence of God wants to be in your life today. So we're going to pick up. I'm going to read the story of the wise men, and I'm going to give you three action steps of how the wise men got in the presence of Jesus. And the reality is it's kind of like the three things that made the wise men wise. So it's a real interesting story. So pick it up. It's in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. It says this, And after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, the Magi, these Magi, it's a word for wise men, from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. These wise men recognized something because they had spiritual eyes to see. They saw things that most people didn't see. When they recognized that, they came to find the baby Jesus. When they got to Jerusalem, it says, when the king Herod heard this, he was disturbed. He heard that these wise men came to worship this king of the Jews, and now the king Herod is disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. And what you get about King Herod is interesting. He's called Herod the Great, but it's, it's really of great cruelty. Like, he murdered his wife, he had his kids killed, he had three sons killed, he had so many military leaders killed, I mean, the hundreds killed, because he was paranoid of losing his power, of losing his seat on the throne. And so when he heard about this king of the Jews, Jesus, he's going to do everything he can to, to eliminate the threat. 
So verse 4, he called together all the people's chiefs, priests, and all the teachers of the law and asked him, where is the Messiah? Where is he to be born? And they said, in Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. And this is from Micah in the Old Testament, Micah 5, 2 and 4. It says, but you, Bethlehem, the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people of Israel. This is speaking of Jesus. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. See, King Herod, he wanted to know how old Jesus was. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for that child. And as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship Jesus. And so Herod had no intentions of worshiping Jesus. He wanted to kill Jesus. If you get a chance later to read further in Matthew 2, you're going to find exactly the extent he went to to kill Jesus. But verse 9 says, after they heard the king, they went their way, and the star had, they had seen when it rose up, went ahead of them until, they were, until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were what? Help me out. They were, Drew got it. <laughs> they were what? They were overjoyed. overjoyed. They saw this star they've been following for a thousand-mile journey, and it stops above Jesus. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing like being in the presence of God. There's no greater joy that you could ever have in your life than walking hand in hand with your Savior. And so they showed up in the presence of Jesus and just had overwhelming joy. It says, and on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. I mean, this story is so powerful. There's actually so many nuggets in here. Don't have really time to explain them. But there's three things. There's three actions that these wise men took that got them the presence of Jesus that I think we need today in our lives. There's three things that made the wise men wise. Number one is this. They sought Jesus. They sought after Jesus. I mean, they saw that star come up on the horizon, and they literally packed up their camels. They, they put out their fires. They said bye to some loved ones and some friends and some, some jobs and some careers and some dreams. And they said there's nothing more important right now than getting to Jesus. This is so important that they actually sought after Jesus. To go a thousand-mile journey would be us be walking to Disney World in Orlando, Florida. Come on, somebody. To see Mickey Mouse, right? <laughs> Let me take our kids on this journey. Imagine traveling this far. It would take almost a year for them to get to Jesus. Just to get to Jesus, they're willing to travel. Here's the reality about the wise men. It's something we need to learn today. It's very simple. That proximity was not the problem. For the wise men, it didn't matter how far they had to go. It didn't matter how many mounds they had to climb, how many deserts they had to walk through. It, it didn't matter what it would take, how hard or long the journey would be. They had, as a matter of fact, they didn't even know where they were going. The Bible says they end up in Jerusalem, and they're asking people, where, where's the Messiah? Like, they had no idea that he was born in Bethlehem. They were, they were looking for Jesus in Jerusalem and had to get directions. So they packed up everything, not even knowing the destination. You're thinking, well, that's just kind of normal. I, I don't remember the last time I followed God that hard, you know. I can't remember the last time I, I sat down my Starbucks drink and said, started driving across the country looking for Jesus. I mean, it's pretty incredible that these guys would pack up everything and risk life and limb and livelihood just to get to Jesus. Not about you, I'm thankful in Christmas 2021, come on somebody, that we have some more accessible ways to get to Jesus, amen? 
I mean, we could pick up our Bible, right, out of the nightstand, maybe we can dust it off, right? Uh, some of you today probably got in a car and you made it here in five or ten minutes. Come on, somebody. It wasn't a one-year journey to get to Jesus or to get to church. Now, some of you drive farther than ten minutes. Where's my farther than ten-minute drivers? Come on, where are you at? All right, give it up for my farther than ten-minute drivers. Come on, let them know you love them. That is work right there because the devil's telling you that's just a little too far. And these guys show up to get to Jesus, Right? So we got Pleasant Hill, I think, and Peculiar. So thank you for that. And I'm telling you, we'll drive to get to Jesus, but a thousand mile journey to get to Jesus. Now we're lucky in our time that we can maybe go to a hotel and there's a Gideon Bible. Come on, somebody. If you can't find one, you can go to Walmart. They still sell that. Come on. They even Bible sell at Walmart, right? But the reality is most of us are never more than three feet from Jesus. Most of us are never more than three feet from the word of God. Amen? Amen? We just found out who read the Bible. Come on, somebody, right? It's, it's never more than three feet from us, right? It's, it's not a proximity problem. Like, matter of fact, you can open your Bible app or a lot of different apps, and, and the Bible will, will read to you, and it can read in, in a soothing woman voice. Come on, you can get somebody. Or you can get, like, a, you can get some kind of bishop like T.D. Jakes or somebody from Australia or maybe somebody from England uh, or James Earl Jones. Come on, somebody. Right? That'd be really good, right? I'm still looking for the Liam Neeson Bible version, right? The LNV, right? This is what, this is what Jesus would say. Satan, I will hunt you down, and I will kill you. Right? Like, I'm, I'm looking for that version on there. But you can have it read to you any voice. You can do anything, right? You can, you can highlight. You can send it. You can save it. And it's just right here all the time. Matter of fact, I know you guys, you guys uh, sleep with your phone. Come on, somebody. It never leaves your side. Uh, you, you poop with your phone. Come on, somebody. <laughs> it is true. Man. It's with you everywhere, and God is with you everywhere you go. You don't have to travel a 1,000 miles to get to Jesus. And the, the reality is we don't have a proximity problem. That, that's not the issue. It's, it's right here all the time. That's, that's not the issue. We have access to God all the time. We can read him and follow him and know him. And the Bible says his word is active and sharper and true as a sword. It can change us, dividing the soul and the spirit and the bones and marrow. That this word of God is going to pierce our hearts and change us, transform us inside out. We have this ability all the time. But there's something we have a problem with, and it's a value problem. How much do we value Jesus? And that's the second thing. Not only did the wise men seek Jesus, they sought Jesus, but two is they recognized the endless worth, the endless value of Jesus, and they worshiped him. This is something we often forget of in our culture, especially during Christmas because we're so busy shopping and staying busy and all this other stuff. We forget what it's all about, the endless worth of Jesus. Matter of fact, think about this. Matthew 2, 11, it says, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they did what? They bowed down and, and worshiped him. Man, they showed up after a 1,000 miles, and instead of asking for a snack and a, and a fruit snack and a drink, they said, where's Jesus? And they humbled themselves, lowered themselves physically in front of Jesus, this little boy, this baby, or this little child, and they bowed down and worshiped him as a king of kings and a lord of lords, just as a baby. They recognized that he was God, that he was deity, and he had come in the human flesh, and that God was with humanity. Matter of fact, the Bible says that all the angels in heaven lean eagerly over the edge of heaven, looking what God is going to do in the hearts of man. Like of all the miracles that God performed, the angels were most curious about what Jesus was going to do when he was God with us. And these wise men, for whatever reason, which we're going to talk about, they recognized that this was worth everything, and they traveled to get to Jesus. 
Matter of fact, it says that they opened their treasures. They bowed down and worshiped him, and then they opened their treasures. Come on, somebody. That's how you know if you love Jesus, amen? Come on. I mean, it's one thing to be like, I love Jesus. It's another thing to actually give and lay down your life at the foot of the cross and say, okay, Jesus, you've got it. It's no longer me. It's all about you. And they opened their treasures. Like, they literally opened their treasures, like, like old school treasure box. And it says, and they present him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And so for them, they literally traveled across countries to get to Jesus, to give him his, these gifts of act of worship. See, they recognized that he was a king, and so they brought gold and said, you're worthy of all the gold. And they brought this frankincense, which is this expensive oil from India that represents deity. And they recognized that Jesus wasn't just some baby born, that Jesus was the son of God. And then they brought this burial spice. They brought this myrrh, recognizing his humanity, that one day he would die on a cross for us. And they knew this because they were in tune with God's presence, and they saw what God was doing. The reality is we don't have a proximity problem, do we? We have a value problem. And what kind of value do you put on Jesus? Like, what wouldn't you exchange to be in the presence of Jesus? Or what's stopping us from being in the presence of Jesus? What's the thing that's maybe above Jesus? The Bible calls those idols, the things that hold us back from following God. Matter of fact, this is how much Jesus is worth. It says this in Matthew 13, 44. It says, the king of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field. And when a man found it, he hid it again. He said, this is valuable. I don't want to be able to find it. And then in his what? Help me out. In his joy. In his joy in his happiness, in his overflowing, well, a presence of just overflowing of passion and energy, in his joy, he went and sold everything he had and bought that field. I mean, come on, that, that's the worth of finding Jesus. Like all of a sudden, I found this treasure. I found this thing that's worth everything in my life. Like I don't even have anything anymore. Like woe is me, a sinful man, like Peter repents to Jesus. Like who am I? That, I, that you would even think of me, God. And you recognize this treasure, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, God, whatever I have, it's not mine. No, it's yours. I just manage it. You just, you just allowed me to have this for a temporary time period. My life, my breath, my relationships, my dreams, God, use me. Like, I'm going to play a part of your story. I can't wait to worship you. There's nothing more valuable than knowing Jesus. Amen? I'm telling my preaching is better than your response today. Point two. You got a few. You got a few. I'm looking for more. Come on, Rose. It's Christmas season. I'm, I'm getting there. Now, I'll tell you what. It's a joy to get to Jesus, isn't it? It's a joy. Matter of fact, it says it's overwhelming joy. Matter of fact, it's not a chore to serve Jesus. I know for some of, some of us who grew up like a religion and grew up in church, and it was like a chore to go to church. Remember that? You used to wear khaki pants and a polo? Kind of like I'm wearing almost now, right? Just kidding. Right? But you go to church and you're drugged there. Like, oh, man, I have to read my Bible today. Or I've, I've got to get up, or ah, I don't know, do I, want to, I don't know if I should give. Ah, I, can, can I make it to church? Ah, I don't know. You know, I might miss the game. Ah, ah. Right? It's like all this, it's like almost turns like a chore. But the reality is it's a joy to serve Jesus. Amen? It's a joy to serve Jesus. It's, it's a joy to give. It's a joy to show up. And God is just putting opportunities in front of us and people in front of us. And we, just sit, we don't sit back and go, man, I'm just so bitter. My life isn't what I thought it would be. It's like, no, no, God is using me. And it's a joy to give. It's a, it's a joy to serve and be part of the team. It's a joy to play a part of the story that somebody is writing. There's a story over here that God is writing. I'm telling you, with Dan and even with Tony, there's a story that God is writing. It's not an accident that Dan is sitting next to Tony today, amen? You know the story, Dan found Tony and said, hey, I'm just here to help and serving and loving and caring for Tony. 
It's incredible. And we have people in our lives all around us that we can serve and make a difference. It's a joy to serve God. Matter of fact, it's a joy to set up and tear down. Amen? That's Diane as well. We're getting there. I told you. I told you. It's a joy. It's a joy. I didn't have to carry a cross. I didn't have to do what Jesus did. But I get to follow Jesus. It's a joy to follow Jesus. And we forget that, then it becomes a chore. But we forget about the worth of Jesus, that we are serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Look what it says in verse 10. It says, these magi, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. There's no greater joy than being in the presence of Jesus. And I don't know about you, but when's the last time you got in the presence of Jesus? Like, when's the last time you slowed down enough to get that Bible out and say, God, just do something? Rose is spiritual. She's shouting now. She said last night. Rose is going to come up here and preach this message. <laughs> but when's the last time you just got in the word? Like, when's the last time you said, God, just feed something in my soul? I just need you today. I think a lot of us are walking around looking for a lot of purpose and meaning and not finding it. And Jesus is looking for us. There's no joy like knowing Jesus and being in his presence. You can't fake it, dude. You can't fake it. And what Dan's got going on right now, not that Dan's a saint. Well, he's a saint technically by the Bible, but he's not perfect. Come on, somebody. But he's not perfect. Is he's just got the presence of God in his life. And if you have a chance to hang with Dan for five seconds, I'm telling you, he's going to give you some Jesus. Matter of fact, we were talking about the book earlier. He'd come help him pipe and drape. And I love Dan. He brings his step stool to pipe and drape. Come on, somebody. It's got little polka dots on it. He loves it. Stole from his daughter for Jesus. Come on, somebody. It's, yes. It's more blessed to give that stool to Dan. Than to receive, right? So Dan goes around. He puts the stool down. He came. He gets up there pushing the pipe and drape in the mornings. And it's just like, you know, it's, just, it's awesome to watch, you know. So we're, we're talking about the book and everything. And he said, you know, I'm, I'm buying a bunch of these Pursuit of God books. And I'm passing out to all my friends and family for Christmas. Come on. Because God's just speaking to him. So I just tell you today the third thing. If you're going to be like the wise men, you say, man, I'm only going to presence of God. I'm only going to seek Jesus. I'm only going to recognize his endless worth and value. But this third thing is so, so key. Matter of fact, I want you to get this third thing. So look your neighbor and say, don't miss the third action. Don't miss the third action. Look your neighbor. Let, let know. Don't miss the third action. Come on. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Some of you guys got to wake up this morning. I know you're sleeping in. Don't miss this. This is it. I told you it was going to ramp up. I wasn't going to lie. This is ramps up. Don't miss this. This is so important. Here's the third thing the wise men did that made them wise. The third thing that's going to drive you in the presence of God is they read and believed God's word. They read and believed God's word. This is incredible. This is absolutely just mind-blowing. We have full access to the same thing that they had access to, but so few people went to Jesus. Matter of fact, what's cool about these wise men is they actually kind of represent us. The wise men weren't Jewish. They weren't God's chosen people in the Old Testament. Matter of fact, they had to travel from a distance of a thousand miles. And it's almost like they were like the world's ambassadors to Jesus, like representing all the Gentiles, all the people that weren't chosen, all the people out there. And they are the only ones recording the Bible, bringing gifts and worshiping Jesus. It's almost like Jesus came for the world, because he did. And the Magi rec recognized this because they read and believed God's word. Matter of fact, think about this. They're, they're probably sitting around a campfire. Sun's going down a little bit. They're probably smoking some turkey. Come on, somebody. You thought I was thinking something else, didn't you? You guys are all sinners. I'm telling you. 
and they're hanging around this campfire and one of the wise men hits the other wise men and he points out and says, do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? Come on, first Christmas pun, come on somebody. Do you see what I see? A star, a star is rising in the night. You guys see this? Are you looking over here, guys? And I see this new star form, and it's amazing because they knew immediately it wasn't just any old star, because new stars happen all the time, I guess, right? No, 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 it was his star. It was Jesus' star. They had spiritual eyes enough to recognize that you can see something that God is doing right in front of us. As a matter of fact, this is what it says in Matthew 2, verse 1. It says, the Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? Because we saw, what's it say? His star. We, we saw a star. Like, it wasn't just a star. This was the star. This is the star of Jesus. And when it rose, we have come to worship the person this star represents. Now, this question has always plagued me. I mean, seriously, since I've been reading through the New Testament, every time I read the story of the wise men, this question haunts my mind. Why didn't more people show up to the birth of Jesus? Just think about it. And why was it just these guys? What made them so special? What did God reveal to them that nobody else knew? Everybody could see the star. I mean, he had a star. Hello? He had a star. The whole world could see the star. Everyone, everywhere in the whole world saw this star but they saw something different. I don't know what you had on your birthday. Come on, somebody. I didn't get a star. I don't know what you got last birthday. I know Carson Owen, they had the Belden Rec Center pool. Come on. But they didn't get no star. They, they didn't get a star. Ain't nobody got a star, but Jesus got a star. So here's the reality of the presence of God. And this is the part that like scares me, but excites me at the same time, because we can miss it so easily. Here's the reality of the presence of God. Everybody sees it, but very few people recognize it. Everybody sees it all the time. God is moving, shaping people. People ask, well, I haven't seen any miracles. Well, you're standing next to one. God is moving it through people's lives all the time. God is shaping people. Matter of fact, when the angels came and looked over the edge of heaven, they were looking at what God is doing inside of you. It was the first time the Holy Spirit moved into us. I mean, cool, split the Red Sea. Yeah, make all creation. That's really neat, but we're gonna lean over now because I'm really curious to see what our God is gonna do in the hearts and minds of people. And today we're living miracles of what God is doing, amen? Every single day in God's presence. So here's the reality for most people. Oh, just a new star. <sighs> Happens all the time. Oh man, yeah, no big deal. What new star? There was a star? I don't ever remember seeing a star. When did that happen? I must have missed that. Matter of fact, this happened to King Herod in verse seven. It said, Herod came with the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. When exactly did that happen? I must have missed that. Like, I didn't know a new star came. When did that star start? I noticed there was a star there. When, when did that come? Like, I didn't even notice the work of God. And for so many of us, so humanity as a whole, we miss the presence of God when it's in front of us, plain 
as day. Hey, check out this. You might recognize this picture. Anybody know what this picture is of? Look at this. Check it out. What's this? Come on, help me out. Where's Waldo? Yes. Come on, we're going pre-computers. Come on, somebody. Somebody's got to get this gift for their kids for Christmas. This is be like mind blown, right? Some of us have where Waldo's theology. Where is Waldo theology? This is what it says. God is hiding from you and you have to go search for him. That's what most people think. Most people actually go on to say that you can't even find God. So some, some might even say there's multiple Waldos. It doesn't even matter. So, so, some might say he, he's there, but you just can't ever find him. There's so much theology about God and his distance because that's what we believe in this society. Like, it just doesn't matter. But the reality is so different. How many of you guys are looking for Waldo? I'm preaching right now. Come on, somebody. Let's be real. I'm preaching, and you're like... I see what you're doing. I'm gonna help you out. Waldo's up here in the corner. Come on. He's behind the blanket with the dude with the sword. He's up there. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. There he is, yeah. And over here off the screen, you can't see him. He's got legs. All right, that guy right there, that, that's the burglar. Come on, somebody. Yes, your pastor spent time looking for Waldo instead of praying for everybody. You're writing a message. Come on, somebody, right? This is telling you. Now we gotta take Waldo off the screen because you're not gonna listen to anything else I say. Watch this picture. I'm telling you, man. Here's the reality. Here's the reality. If, if you're hurting right now, or if you're in a season of discouragement, or, or you don't feel like you're enough, or you feel like you're less than, or maybe you've been going through the motions and just been floating through church and you've been just floating with God and you haven't had this big passion and zeal and this fire, this insta-hot zeal that God talks about, and you're just kind of showing up and maybe you feel discouraged or you've been thinking about suicide or you're wondering what your life's all about and you're looking for a purpose, man, it all comes back down to the presence of God. Now for some of you guys today, you're just getting a little hungry. You're like, okay, can I, can I have this presence? I want his presence. God is like, is, is shaping you and calling you in to this relationship. And here, here's the reality about the presence of God. The reality is this, that God is not hiding from you. That God is actually searching for you, amen? God is searching for you. You don't have to go look very far to find God. Matter of fact, God's so close, if you were to reach out in the right direction, you could touch him. He is inside you. He is with you. And God wants to find you. Matter of fact, the Bible says he left the 99 to go after the one. He went after you. And for some of us, we think, well, I'm not good enough. I got to clean my life up. No, you missed it. That's what grace is all about, that Jesus came on the cross for us, God with us, to die for our sins and exchange all of our wrongs, all of our sin for God's goodness because he wants us. He wants to be in your presence every day. He wants to be your dad. He wants to sit side by side. He wants to talk soul to soul. He wants to know what's going on in your life. He doesn't want to just be a Sunday thing. It's, it's the gospel and everything. And the presence of God is with you. And if you would just look with open hearts and the right eyes, you would see God everywhere you go. Matter of fact, there's another guy in my life group, and he, he's been on a spiritual journey lately. And uh, one of his buddies actually stopped me the other day, and he said, man, I don't know what you're feeding these guys in this life group, but this guy's on fire. And he's everywhere he goes, he's like, I can't believe people don't believe in God because I see God moving every single day because God has given spiritual eyes to see. Matter of fact, the theme verse we talked about is that, behold, the virgin shall conceive and give uh, birth to a son and should name him Emmanuel, that God is with us. That God isn't hiding from you today, amen? God wants to know you today. Matter of fact, he gave all humanity a star. Isn't it incredible? The whole world, everyone, everywhere could see the star, but very few people recognized it. 
plain as day. Look at Jesus. He calls himself this in Revelation 22, 16. He says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I'm the root and the offspring of David and the bright and what? Help me out. And the bright and morning star. That Jesus is our star. That, that Jesus is the full presence of God in human form. And we can know Jesus today. He proved his love by coming to the cross for us. You know, it made all the difference for those magi, all the difference for those wise men is that they read and believed God's word. It was the only difference. Matter of fact, the Bible predicted what was gonna happen with Jesus. Predicted that in, in Daniel chapter nine, laying into this path of when the Messiah was gonna come and maybe they're more familiar with that because they're in Persia or, or Arabia where Daniel would have been. Maybe they're more familiar with the story. But they would have heard of the prophet Balaam and, and Numbers 24 where he mentions the star coming out of the seed of Judah and, and Judea. Like the, he would, they wouldn't recognize this. And so when that star came on the horizon, it wasn't just any star. No, it was the star. It was the star of Jesus. That he saw with spiritual eyes that recognized the presence of God. I don't know about you, I'm the type of church that recognizes the presence of God, amen? I'm the type of church that recognizes when God is moving. Hey, do you, do you see what I'm seeing? Are, are you seeing this? In my life group, I'm like, dude, you see what that guy's doing with Dan over there? I mean, Dan's like, dude, I feel like I'm called to ministry. I'm called to be a preacher. I'm like, dude, that's crazy. It's crazy. Matter of fact, he told me about a mentor of his this morning, and this mentor, he, he asked him, how did you get into ministry? What did God do? And he said, and it's crazy how the story rolls out. But he said that this guy came to him. He was, he was his mentor, this minister that he has in his life was a drug dealer. And this guy ends up in prison, and somebody came to him. He was, he was praying. He said, God, I know you just want to do this in my life. Just give me a sign. God, show me what you want me to do. And a guy showed up the next day and said, God's called you to be a pastor. God's called you to be a minister. Isn't that crazy? That the presence of God is moving in people's life. Do you see what I'm seeing? I mean, you, you show up to youth group, and there's a teen that shows up. And, and I ask him, like, how many, how many weeks have you been going to, to church? He's like, four. I said, that's really cool. What churches you go to? He's like, oh, no, that's it. That's it. So you, you've been to church four times. Your entire life, you've been four times to church. Do you see what I see? Come on, somebody. Do you think he showed up by accident? Do you, th you think he just walked in randomly off the street one day? No, no, God brought him here on purpose. You know, I saw when I, when I heard that, dude, this guy needs Jesus, amen? I saw an opportunity with spiritual eyes to tell this guy about Jesus because he obviously didn't grow up in church. He probably knows nothing about the saving grace of God. So God brought him here today in my path so I could tell him about Jesus, amen. Have you, who's ever led somebody to Christ before? Raise your hand high, put your hand high. If you led somebody to Christ, come on, pull it up, pull it up. Don't be ashamed of that. You better be like, that. I did that. Yeah, God used me. You, you never forget that moment, do you? Like where the weight comes off their shoulders. There's like a tear rolling down their cheek and they start realizing like, man, God just loved me that much. And then you tell them about the Holy Spirit for the first time, they never even heard of the Holy Spirit and that God would love them enough to send their spirit into me. And they break down and crying again. And you get to hand the Bible, the sword of the Spirit for the first time. Like this is your offensive weapon to know God. This is your love story for Jesus. I'm just telling you. You see what I'm seeing? You know why I love being a pastor? Because I get a front row seat to what God is doing. 
I just get to see what God's moving in the relationships. I get to see marriages being changed. I get to see people breaking from addictions and alcohol and meth and, and their problems, all these things, because God's moving. But God moves when people have spiritual eyes to see. It's been there the whole time, hadn't it? I mean, God did not change. He's right in front of us. So I don't know about you, I want to be a type of church that recognizes God's presence. I'll be the type of church that seeks God, amen? The type of church that's going to walk a thousand miles and walk another thousand miles and another thousand miles just to get to the presence of Jesus. That there's nothing that's going to stop us from getting to the feet of Jesus and laying down ourselves because we know he's worthy. Like there's nothing we're holding on to because Jesus is worth everything. I'm the type of church that when we recognize who Jesus is, we just open our hands and say, God, whatever you're going to do, I'm just willing. I don't have much, but what I have is yours. Matter of fact, I'm going to give you a grace thing every year. I'm going to give you my life. Not just my salvation. I'm going to give you my future. I'm, I'm, I'm called by you. Where do you call me, God? Where do you, where do you call me to go? I remember growing up in high school and I, I had a relationship with Jesus, and I, I kept saying, God, whatever you want to call me, wherever you want me to go, how far it's going to be, God, I'm the guy. God, just use me. Just use me. And that, that's never stopped for me. Like, I just want God to use me, use my life, because he's worthy of my life. Because it's not a routine. I, we just show up because we have to. We get to be a part of the story of Jesus. Who am I that God would choose us as people to be used by God? And we will be the type of church, sweating up here, the type of church that when a star rises, we recognize it. We're that kind of church. We're those kind of people, amen? that we recognize when God is moving, when the rest of the world is saying go left, we're like, nope, nope, we're going right. This is where God has called us to go. I see his presence because I'm in his word and I'm believing everything he's saying. Come on, somebody. Like we're the type of church that you're not gonna pick the Bible up once a year. Praise God if you did. But we wanna be the type of church that picks the, the word of God up every single day and falls in love with Jesus. See, the reason people miss the presence of God is because they're not looking for the presence of God. It's not about proximity. It's never been about proximity. It's never been about how close I am to Jesus. It's all been about the value of Jesus. And so today, if we value Jesus, if you want to lay your life down to Jesus, you simply, all you got to do is humble yourself and say, God, I'm looking for you. And you'll be amazed what God is doing in your marriage and what God is doing through your job and how God can use you to plant seeds to move the mission forward and how God can use you to set up a chair to pave a way for a first-time guest to know Jesus and how God can use you by hanging out, sipping coffee after youth group and you can lead somebody to Christ because you were available with spiritual eyes. You weren't just there to babysit. You were there to grow people, amen? And we get to play a part of the story of God simply because we read and believed. So I don't know about you, is that the type of church you guys want to be? Come on, somebody. Is that you want to be? Come on. That's who God has called us to be. This is what Christmas is all about, God with us. Father, we come before you. God, you heard the cheer. God, you saw the hearts. You know what's going on in people's lives. God, help us to be that type of church, the type of church that pursues you with passion. God, that we, that we aren't found coming to you with empty hands. God, we come with you with a full heart. We lay down our lives every time we hear your name. God, we recognize that you are worthy of our lives. God, that we, that we can't do this on our own. God, we recognize your presence. God, help us to see you move. God, help us be the kind of people that look for the star. Help us be the people that recognize the star. Help us be the kind of people that are willing to travel thousands of miles just to get to your presence. 
God, help us to be kind of people that travel thousands of miles to bring other people to your presence. God, I pray you raise up missionaries and leaders for the cause of Christ, leaders in the business field, leaders in the schools, leaders in the workplace, and, and owners of companies and in cities, God, that would point people to you with passion and urgency because your presence is all around us. Today, I want to pray for one more group of people, and that's those of you who say, you know what, I need the presence of God in my life right now. I've been doing it my way. I've maybe missed out. I've been trying through addictions. I've been trying through other things. I've pulled my life on myself, but today I realize I just need Jesus, that he is coming after me, that, that he wants me to find him, and he's searching. So today the Bible says that anybody who calls the name of Jesus will be saved, forgiven, and made new, that Jesus died on the cross for you. And so if you need Jesus, unashamed, would you just raise your hand high and say, I need Jesus today. I want to make a relationship with him. And I see your hand. Come on. Anybody else say, I need Jesus? Maybe you're online. I want to pray for you. Put your hand near. You pray this. Just repeat this after me to God. It's not the prayer that saves you, but your heart towards him. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending Jesus. God, your presence is right here with me. Now, I've been trying my own way. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to build my life on myself. But today, I'm going to give you everything I've got. I'm laying myself down. God, use me. I want to serve you. God, you are worthy. I praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give it to those who came to Christ today. Come on, let them know you love them. Man, if that's you, oh, we're dancing. We're so excited for you. There is no better season than to come to know Jesus as your Savior than the season where God reminded us that he is with us. His very name, Emmanuel, God is with us, and he's with you today if you have decided to follow Jesus. So I have a couple of next steps for you. The first one is this. You can take out your phone. If you're joining us online, you can click the link to text RLNEXT to 97000 for your next step in your journey with Jesus. It's going to connect you to our website with some awesome resources to help you grow, and it's going to give you a place to share your story with us because our team would love nothing more than to connect with you and encourage you on that journey. And if you're here with us in person at Kentucky Trail, we have a gift for you on the table on the way out of the worship center. You can grab a red bag. It has a free Bible for you and a link to some of those resources to help you on your journey with Jesus. And for the rest of us, I have a few next steps as well. Sean mentioned a quote um, about serving an earthly king versus serving a heavenly king. And that quote's actually from a missionary from the 1800s named David Livingston, who was a British missionary. And what's so powerful about his story is that while he was going into all these unknown places, taking teams of people with him to help reach the continent of Africa with the gospel, he had such a passion to be there that they actually buried his heart in Africa, in what is now Zambia. Um, and they took his body back to England after he passed away there. But it's an incredible reminder of how God had called and equipped him and given him a passion to reach people with the gospel. And I think today God is giving us that same passion and that same call to reach people. And I believe he has gifted you with something really specific. And we have an opportunity this afternoon at our crash course. You can get together with Sean and I, some members from our team from 2 to 4.30 at our house. There's several people signed up. It's not too late. But God has really gifted you in certain ways. He's given you passions. He's given you purpose. And this is just our awesome opportunity to connect with you to see what that might look like. Um, and, you know, if it's going to help you to know who God is, to find freedom, ultimately to discover how he made you, your purpose on this life, and how you can make a difference, both here at Real Life and across the community, wherever God has called you. So don't miss out. We want you to be a part of that because we think everybody is going to take that next step to see yourself how God sees you. And I would love to see you this afternoon at Crash Course. 
The second step I have for you is you may have seen a tree on the way into the worship center, and we are doing our Christmas outreach, our Christmas serve, and we are adopting families. Um, so there's six families who have reached out to us saying that they have some need. They're within kind of that 15-mile radius of Kentucky Trail right here. But families who reached out to us and said, you know, we have single parents, we have families with older kids who are just really struggling to make the bills and different things, and said, hey, we need some help, and anything that the church can do would make a huge difference. So we have those tags out there. You can grab one. They're all listed on there of what they need or like or their ages and that kind of stuff. Um, you can sign up for that and grab one or more today if you'd like. And then we will be collecting those gifts back next week on the 12th. And the last drop dead day for that is the 19th. And so you can be a part of bringing the presence of God, pun intended, to Christmas this year for those families. Not just gifts, but who God is and his love to people who maybe really need some hope. So let me encourage you to be a part of that. And then finally, thank you so much to all of you who have been a part of our Heart for the House um, generosity this season. It has been an incredible time to see what God is doing both through all of your faithfulness and just also how he is moving that you get to be part of bringing hope to our community, um, to our kids, to our schools, to people who really need help. And I am so excited that you guys are setting the pace for the vision, or I'm sorry, you're setting the feet to the vision that God has given us and allowing us to do more to reach people and to show them the hope of Jesus. So thank you so much. If you're new with us today, um, this, off, this gathering is our gift for you. And so I hope that you've had an incredible morning experiencing Jesus, got an awesome word from God, a great time worshiping together. But if you call Real Life home, then there are three ways that you can connect to generosity. And you can go to our website, reallifechurchkc.com. You can text any amount to 84321. Or we have a giving box in the back if that is more convenient for you to drop cash or check in there. And so I'm so excited as we are moving into our next steps of what God is doing through the Hope Center. So I want you to check out this video. Welcome to the Real Life Hope Center. Man, God has given us a big vision for our city and you can play a part of it. Man, our vision is all about restoration. And after spending time with our community leaders, man, one of the biggest needs in our city emerged for mental health resources. And so our vision for the Hope Center extends far beyond these walls, but for a counseling center to emerge to care for the souls of our city, and to improve graduation rates, lower suicide rates, and help people get back on their feet. And this is a desperate need for this type of restoration work in our city. And so our vision extends into mentoring relationships and through our youth, through care groups, celebrate recovery, grief share, divorce care, even foster parent groups. Man, our long range vision man, is for transitional housing with restoration, with mentorship to help people come off the streets, escape domestic violence and come out of prison with a mentor, a disciple maker that can help them be developed. Man, our vision is for the Hope Center to be the source of hope in our city. And here's why, we are called to make disciples. We are called to develop people. And we believe that happens best through modeling from experienced leader, through coaching and mentorship. And so I wanna invite you to play a significant part of the Real Life Hope Center. I mean, we have a big vision and we need your help to accelerate the pace here in our city. So here are two significant ways you guys can help make and play a difference in this Hope Center. Number one is our team has raised enough money to underwrite the construction costs 
for this center. So I wanna say thank you to all who have given to this project. Man, even over this last year, you guys have given over $70,000 towards Hope. Last week, you guys even gave an additional $5,000 towards our $45,000 goal. But we are looking for donors like you to give hope. We're simply asking you to ask God and give as he leads. Secondly, you are getting in on the ground floor of what God is doing. Last week, we got our building permit from the city of Belton, and I'm excited to announce that on December 11th, next Saturday, we are having demo day. Come on, somebody. Chip Gaines is excited. I wish he was coming out, but I do have my demo day hammer. We are tearing down walls in this place. We are ripping off floor coverings and wall coverings, all sorts of plumbing, light fixtures, and we need all the help we can get. So I would encourage you, go to reallifehopecenter.com and you can get signed up for Demo Day. You can search our, see our progress, you can see our plans, you can find the address, you can do all this stuff to get signed up to serve. But I would encourage you, jump in as God leads. I can't wait to see how God is gonna use you to make disciples and to give hope this year. Man, who's ready to tear some stuff up at Demo Days? Yeah, that's right, come out, bring a sledgehammer, bring one better than Pastor Sean's. What are you bringing up, something from Magnolia? I don't even know what that place is. Hey, can't wait to see you guys. Just jump on and get involved. Man, God is gonna use the Hope Center just in a huge way, so can't wait to serve with you guys there. Hey, if you guys need prayer for any reason, we'll have a team member up here. We would love to pray with you today. Can't wait to see you guys again next week at 9, 30, and 11. And as always, remember, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. See you next week.